0: reading aloud podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us
1: and a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. Hey,
0: everyone. This episode concludes season three of the reading aloud podcast. We are so excited to launch season four next week.
1: And hey, Soul, speaking of launches, guess what else we just launched? What? A Patreon account. That is right. When you support this podcast through Patreon, you become part of our Reading aloud family. And we love our family members.
0: You know, we launched Patreon because at its core, this podcast is about providing insight and conversations that support and inspire our listeners to deepen their relationships, as well as build community through conversation.
1: And Marisol, every week, you know this, we're receiving meaningful feedback on how the Reading Aloud podcast has supported somebody through a challenging time. And now we need your support to keep that going. Your Patreon commitment will provide you with curated, fun,
0: and interactive bonus content. Not and- to mention
1: merch well
0: <laughs> oh, that's right and help us cover the many costs of producing this podcast
1: so check out our new patreon link in the show notes it's patreon.com backslash reading aloud podcast and see which level you can commit to
0: thank you so much for your listening support as well as now your financial support all right let's get to today's conversation Last night, you were sitting in the bathroom with me while I was taking a shower, and you brought up an interesting topic that then, you know, as usual, I was like, no, no, save it for the podcast. Save it for the
1: the podcast. It's becoming a regular thing in our lives. Always.
0: So, you know, I'd like you to introduce the thoughts that you had, and then, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um I'm reading this book, and I'm actually going to read from the book.
0: It's, oh, oh! are you going to read aloud?
1: I'm going to read aloud. Oh, my God. Is this the first time that we've ever read you know, aloud I, I on the Reading Aloud podcast? I
0: don't think so. I think we've probably read... Hopefully, we've at least read something from Thich Nhat Hanh, but it's always an idea of mine. We've sung aloud a lot. A lot. Yeah. It's always an idea of mine to read aloud. Yeah. And then talk about it. And we just, I guess we'd not. Yeah. I mean, it's, happening, was, now. it's that's happening, happening now. That's happening now. Finally living into our name.
1: <laughs> so the book is To Raise a Boy by Emma Brown. We will post a link to the book in the show notes so that you make sure if you're interested in it, you can check it out. It's To Raise a Boy by Emma Brown.
0: And it's a book that was given to you by somebody who also has a baby boy, and they thought that it would be interesting. So, I, I've been super curious because we have our particular understanding on things, and I have just been really curious to hear how this book is. So, I'm excited to talk more about that. I do want to start by saying that here in, at the Reading Aloud podcast, we do believe in the freedom of gender expression. We also believe that gender is fluid and that it is not binary. So, you know, when we think about reading this book because we've birthed a baby boy, we also understand that not all of this is going to apply, or a lot of it will apply. And we don't know that yet. But we're super interested in the societal expectations, the norms, the past history of what it has been like to raise boys.
1: Yep, yep. And thank you for saying that. I mean, that is something that we feel very strongly in. And so it's it's really good to make that note as we get into a discussion that is a little bit binary in nature, but that there's many different expressions of those two. And and that's not the only way.
0: And then that is what is evolving right now in society, especially in certain pockets of society like Asheville, for example, where we live, there's a lot of gender expression and a lot of acceptance around that and freedom. It still doesn't take away what I think we're about to start talking about, which is that when you're born into this world, I mean, it happens on both sides, girl or boy, there's just these key phrases that get said to babies and parents early on about expectations. You know, like, for example, it's already happened that a lot of people have said to me, oh, are you a little flirt? Are you a little flirt about Neo when he like, oh, right. Or like, you're going to be a heartbreaker or, oh, am I your girlfriend? You know, just these like things that are just typical to hear about a certain gender of a baby.
1: One that I've been working on is when he cries not immediately jumping to, you're okay, you're okay, like a kind of tough it out language, but really trying to focus on, I know that's really upsetting, like it's okay to be upset about that situation, or just shifting my language. I don't have all the language. I am by no means a parenting expert. It was just one thing early on that I found myself naturally doing. As soon as he would cry, I'd be like, you're okay, buddy, you're Would you okay. have said that to a girl? Um, Probably. And my, my gut says, yeah. Can you can Or maybe you envision, I would have said, I'm so sorry. Or I don't could know, you it's envision
0: hard. being like, oh, sweetie. Yeah, yeah. I could and envision then, that. And then like, it's okay. Yeah. So still kind of dismissing the feeling, but also like kind of the entry point would be something like, oh, honey.
1: Yeah, I could totally see myself doing that mm-hmm. just naturally, mm-hmm. you know, without thinking about it. I mean, that's been the way I've been conditioned. All right. So this is To Raise a Boy by Emma Brown. Children can still see the walls of the woman box, but they also know those walls are thin. Over the last half century, feminist activists have campaigned to wipe away stereotypes about women, replacing old rules about who they are supposed to be with acknowledgement that they can do and be anything they want. Yes, men still disproportionately hold corporate and political power. Yes, girls still grow up feeling pressure to meet impossible standards of beauty, to be sexy without being slutty, to be passive and willing and nice to avoid appearing smart but not too ambitious. But girls are also growing up in a world where there are many ways to be a woman and many different examples of feminine. But then she goes on to say, The man box, on the other hand, has proved sturdy. Efforts to dismantle it have faced fierce resistance from those who argue that broadening our son's choices about who they might be and how they can be is akin to ignoring the differences between the sexes and trying to turn men into weaklings. In January 2019, the American Psychological Association publicly promoted new guidelines for working with boys and men. The guidelines emphasized the importance of clinicians' understanding the particular pressures that men feel to live up to traditional masculine norms and the mental and physical threats that men suffer as a result. The backlash was immediate. On Fox News, the left's war on men. Online communities saw that the report was an attack on men, and then she goes on and on about the various ways that the professors that ran the study at the American Psychological Association were personally attacked, and on and on, kind of about that, um, even touching on the the way that the Gillette commercial caused a big uproar. In, And that nature so will you remind us what happened in the Gillette commercial yeah so the Gillette commercial was really talking about men and sexual harassment so it it kind of called out I, I if I remember correctly it was like it showed these scenes of boys kind of being boys if you will and I put that in quotations like these kind of classical you know bullying or Doing something and and men behind kind of standing there and then eventually throughout the commercial they kind of step in and I'm pretty sure Gillette's tagline is Gillette the best a man can get and then they change that to we believe the best a man can be. Or something, And and then it was like all these scenes of the fathers and the older men stepping in and going through various things of not letting the boys be boys or stopping the harassment. Or I think there was maybe even a scene of one crying with one. You know, they're like showing these kind of more vulnerable sides and emotions. So I think like for me, what's interesting about this discussion is how we find that balance in society because you still have a situation where focusing on empowering young girls – But we still live in a patriarchal society and it is incredibly important to empower young girls to be whatever they want to be and and to be able to see themselves out in the media and see themselves in positions of power. And at the same time, are we forgetting about, does emphasis placed on one mean de-emphasizing emphasis on another?
0: I mean, I think this is a... I mean, this might be too specific of an example, but, you know, when talking about anti-racist work, it is about elevating as high as possible, lifting up, you know, black indigenous people of color, or, you know, also known as the world majority. We do that to offset the imbalance that has always been. So, you know, people look at it in like one single moment and say, too much emphasis on lifting up black and brown folks. And it's like, No, we're actually trying to just take a small step in the direction of this cavern of difference that's been. Am I making sense what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what I'm hearing is the gap is so wide, you have to swing a pendulum far in one direction to begin to create versions of equality and equity out in the world, and we're by no means there.
0: Okay. So yes, exactly. So when, when I hear this book, I actually have the thought of the pendulum has been swinging in the direction of supporting women and ensuring that women are, or you know, with the effort to advocating that women are no longer oppressed. And so this book indicates that potentially, we are starting to just barely consider what would it look like to actually have equality and balance. You know, my my initial instinct is to say, n- no way, right? Like women are still oppressed. And there's so many examples of that out in the world. And one of those being pink tax, another being the pay gap. Right. And to me, it's just simple fucking math. Like we're just so far behind. And I don't feel out in the world, like I'm treated equally. I feel like the expectations are not just to be smart and successful. They also include being beautiful and standing tall and having presence. And, you know, I, I effort pretty hard. Some of those things come naturally to me, but they, but they're all, if I really broke it down, it is all extra effort You know, and you and I talked about this one time a while ago, we were driving with my parents and we were talking about this topic. And one of the things that we spoke to was like, maybe in this lifetime, in this lifetime, you don't get to have and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like you, you're taking one for the team, because this is a period of time where we are, in fact, trying to close this gap. And so you're just you know you're not a victim of that this is just how the world needs this and it takes time in order for to accomplish it so you're just kind of taking one for the team and you know i've also heard you say and then i'll give it back over to you but i've also heard you say so then what is my role during this time because i can't just not live and you have stepped back and quote-unquote taken one for the team a lot the modern men work that you do is what is the role of a modern man i mean it's it's that simple it's like what do we do while we are waiting for or working towards rather equality and balance
1: yeah i mean i think it's interesting that you had that kind of reaction because i actually found myself having that reaction too and at the same time i think it is still very important that we begin to place more emphasis, and particularly men and male leaders out in the world begin to place more emphasis on paying attention to the ways that the man box is really harming boys and men across the country
0: what it makes me think of is kind of a simple answer to your first question is like by emphasizing one do we must we de-emphasize another and in a world where we believe in abundance and endless creativity and imagination i would say no we can do both how we do that is what we are actually defining right now
1: yeah and i believe like for me there's a there's a key difference here that i think is important to to point out is the way that we would uh, say address these issues with men the desired outcome might be different than the way that we're addressing the issues with women so for example like this is what we're talking about with like the role of the modern man right and and how do men include and involve themselves in creating a more healthy equitable, just planet for all, right, in, in creating a world in which we want to live in. I think the difference is, so say when you're working with girls, and it said it in the book, one of the key points is to empower them that they can be anything that they want to be. And I'm not saying that you don't empower boys in a similar manner, but there's also a difference where boys, the empowerment of boys maybe looks a little different. It looks like, allowing them to be in touch with themselves and not disconnected from themselves. Well,
0: the funny thing is just for the record is like, it's also not okay to be in touch with yourself because what we're talking about is deep intuition and connection to feelings. And hysterical has been one of the words used against women for a long time what I'm hearing though is think of it this way. it actually could potentially do more harm to ignore like, okay. So in the world of abuse, you know, as a therapist, I think a lot about different forms of abuse and it's physical abuse. The study shows that neglect can be more harmful than physical abuse. Simply because in the case of neglect, you are literally being ignored as if you don't exist. And there's like a, a, a lack of self that, is the response it's like i don't even know if i exist so there's a deep detachment to self Whereas as physical harm you at least know that you exist because because there's contact and so i'm using that as an example because the patriarchy as it has been is literally you know you watch old movies you see it in like mad men for example or other shows are, or television that is of a different time period and it's it's like you literally see somebody go yes, you, sir, can have whatever you want. And you, lady, need to go stand in the corner. Like, it's so, it's happening. Like, you can hear it, you can see it, you can feel it. What What is happening now is that as women, as, fe- as the feminist movement continues to rise and women continue to be empowered, be, yeah, men are getting ignored, is what it sounds like Emma Brown's talking about in this book. They're being ignored, which is, very confusing because they're not being handed anything they're not being given any tools good or bad they're just being literally what you said left behind thank you neo
1: heyo we hope that you're enjoying this episode of the reading aloud podcast if you're interested in learning more or inquiring about working directly with mighty souls fashion therapy or adam's modern man training you can totally do that you can find Mighty at Soul at soulreflection.com. That's S-O-L reflection.com or follow her on social media at Soul Reflection. You can email Adam directly at adam at modern-man.org. We hope to hear from you. Now let's get back to today's conversation. I believe that a a lot of men out there haven't necessarily developed the tools necessary to be adaptable in that way. Like, oh, I'm in terms of community and connection and knowing how to do that. And we talked about that on our podcast called Modern Man. So Emma Brown goes on in the book to talk about how boys are beginning to really, really, we're seeing trends of, of young boys begin to lag behind in school because they aren't aren't given the attention that others are because they're seen as you know they've already got their shoe in exactly they're going to be successful they're going to be successful no matter what you don't need attention and so you know we're seeing that happen and i think that can
0: i just say there is a part of me that's like Finally. Right. I don't know there's just like this part yeah. of me that feels like justice. And then I think about it in the case, in the case of like do I want my son ignored and it's like no, do I want him to live out his full potential? Yes. Right. But there is a part of me that's just like stand back. And right. that is comes from a place of feeling deeply, deeply, deeply oppressed as a woman and feeling extremely angry this is a little crazy off topic, but like, it's not crazy. It's not fucking crazy. Cause I'm not crazy, but it's a little off topic that there was that year that like, I f- deeply felt the pain and suffering and oppression of many, many women who had come before me. There was that, do you remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was like channeling through me. This just yeah, like, you
1: screamed at me once with like the power of it. Of all the women. Yeah. 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 You and got that upset wasn't... at me and you just like, came at me
0: but it wasn't me to you and no, I no, 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 remember no. you asking, i didn't take i didn't take it like yeah, that and yeah and i remember you asking like you even clarified you were like do you feel this way and i was like no, this is just, it's being channeled through me. And so often I've seen family, friends, women of different generations just being like, but this is how it is, or this is how we've always done it. And so I'm grateful to be one of the ones waking up to the inequity and saying no, but it does come with a lot of rage. And I will say it comes with a lot of resentment and a d- deep desire for justice. I'm like, lag behind boys, yep. lag behind. E-
1: exactly. I understand that from the place that I can. And at the same time, I have a deep belief that we're not going to reach the world that we all want to live in with a certain aspect of the of the population being oppressed. Any any aspect of the population. You know, we all need the ability to really reach our full potential and that's that's a tall ask, right? That's we're not going to necessarily achieve that in my lifetime or whatever, but that's that's the goal. That's what we're working towards.
0: Okay. I have a question. Do you think that the patriarchy has been fully dismantled?
1: No. Hell no.
0: Okay. Because this is what we're asking with anti-racist work, that white supremacy be completely dismantled. What is being asked, like, for example, in the in the prison industrial complex, it's, you know, everybody's like, well, let's reform it, right? Let's change it up a little bit. And the bigger ask has been, no, let's abolish it because you can't reform something that is built on systems of oppression, like police system. That is the ask that you hear. It's like reforming. It is still trying to work within a broken system. And so the question is like, can we abolish it completely to then rebuild it from scratch, right? In order to start anew, you know, we've kind of moved on from what you just said a little bit it's been a little bit of time but what i wanted you to think about is from that voice that you just had can you tap into if you if we were talking about race everybody gets to be equal like of course the long term goal is that all humans are treated equally you've heard the voices of black and brown folks they're saying no like you've had your day in the sun step back step down right
1: and i think i i hear that but i think the piece that we're missing is at least in that conversation is once you step back what next and i'll ask you that once you step back what next
0: yeah i mean allyship
1: listening right so let's think about allyship within the context of racial justice like allyship in the context for a white person in the context of racial justice often looks like working with yourself and working with other white people right right and so in the context of the patriarchy if i'm a man and i've stepped back to let others lead because men have led for generations and i'm a man now my allyship to that is to work with other men to work with boys and to work on myself that's one aspect of it And so for me to feel and to read the situation that's occurring in this book, I believe it's a good thing for me to feel motivated and empowered to address those problems.
0: Okay, what would you have my role be in the family? No no no, I'm not being funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm because because that's I'm hearing you because I'm the one that's trying to have my day in the sun finally. Yeah. And I'm also living with both of us are living with like you said the generations of of this reality. Right. So it's right. like we've done some deep ancestral journeying and work. And one of the things we recognize in that is that what has happened before us comes with us into this lifetime. And so Neo already has the patriarchy in his bones, because it has come with him as a soul to the trauma of the patriarchy. Yeah. 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 Got it. And it's come with him into this life in his soul. And I came in like with that oppression. And I feel that's what I was feeling that day. You know, a couple years back it's like it lives in me because it's been me. It's been me through my mother, through my grandmother, through my sisters in this lifetime, you know. So if I'm living my day in the sun, now my job feels like at the moment to just love my child what ways would you have me participate in this or is this y'all's thing
1: no i think the way and this is you know i appreciate this conversation and i appreciate folks just listen to us i mean this is just real we're just working this out in the moment but like i think for you number one providing that example yes love and care and like supporting him to be a person who can fully express themselves and fully express the range of emotions and the range of who they are. And at the same time, you modeling and being a woman and being a mother and being a human in the world who is out there doing that, who is her most authentic self and who is helping people be their most authentic selves. I think that's one of the things that you can do for him to help address these problems and situation. I will have a unique role because I am a man. And you will have a unique role because you identify as a woman.
0: Yeah, it made me think about, you know, dismantling the patriarchy within me because I have definitely had, and, you know, I don't feel proud of this, but thoughts that cross my mind of concern when, you know, I mean, he's a baby, but like when he is really crying hard i can feel a thought pass through my mind and i quickly try to navigate away from it but it's like is he going to be strong is he going to be is he going to be emotionally strong enough and You know, whether that comes from fear of how others may treat him if he is sensitive or if it's like a fear of how people in my family might look at him. But it sounds like internalized patriarchy to me, is what it sounds like.
1: I think so. And, you know, I experienced that too. It's like this kind of question that we begin to ask ourselves when change starts to occur oh, well, if he changes or if he or whatever the situation or the person is different how will they exist within the current world <laughs> right like how will he survive as a boy if he's too emotional or whatever and that you have to drop that fear because the change doesn't occur Unless we begin to change each other and and change ourselves. And like I believe it's already started. You know we're already moving in the right direction. And I know that no matter what type of person Neo ends up being. There is community out there for him. And I believe that like uh, much of our work as parents. Other than keeping him alive at the moment is preparing him to be authentic and sound enough to be able to find that community, to be able to find his people, whoever they are.
0: Yeah. And I feel grateful. Like this book, for example, is just another testament that, you know, this is a collective conscious. This isn't something that we're doing alone. But, you know, I think it really does beg the question, like, am I strong enough to be a revolutionary parent? And, Kind of brings up a little emotion because it's scary. Because basically, since having kid, a kid, all I really care about is that we're all okay. There is a part of me that wants to slack back and say the world will be what the world is, but let me just protect my family and at all costs, and to put our necks out there as people who are leading in a different direction than is than the flow that is current. It's scary because. People are persecuted
1: for being revolutionaries. I mean, you know, Jesus. I mean, that's that's the whole story of Jesus. Yeah, it's the whole story of Jesus. It's the whole story. It is fear and persecution and fear of being different is, you know, one of the main tools in the toolbox that people use to stop change, good change from happening. It's been used for generations. You are punished for trying to push the envelope of change.
0: Or just for being different, you know, I mean, which is it's not even trying for so many people. It's like you are different and then you're just either open about that or
1: hiding. And I think, you know, bringing it back to this conversation What we're saying is that quote that I I read at the beginning is saying is that out there in the world, girls who are are encouraged to be themselves and be different have a network of support, right, and a general support from a society. Not that it's not scary or fearful, but at the same time, the network and the support – and the the collective conscience that the public that boys have yeah go ahead there's a language for the feminist
0: movement people are are familiar with that language and people have whether they still live with internalized patriarchy or overt patriarchy they at least understand that that exists that that is out there it's it's accepted in society yeah
1: and the way that boys work to be empowered and expanded is not accepted what do you think the
0: biggest and i hear our baby crying but what do you think and we can go get him and bring them in here but what do you think the biggest fear that people have with this change would be like in letting boys be truly explore whoever they want to be
1: it's a good question i think that our idea of identity of who a man is supposed to be is so internalized is it biblical i think some of it's biblical and then is
0: it homophobic
1: oh there's definitely homophobic wrapped up in that i think there's some you know i think that that you know in culture and you see like you know all of our superheroes, all of this. Like these are very men, manly men, who men that fit in a man box. Which you know what? It's worth. It, it's worth stating. A, a man who likes to do quote unquote traditional manly things isn't necessarily a bad of man. Right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. is a type of man. Yeah. And that's a type of man that can exist and should exist out in the world. Yeah. But it's just that isn't the only way. Right. And we have such deeply ingrained It's a box. Box. Yeah. Uh out there that I, I just don't think it's as as Emma Brown said, the the, the woman box it's there it's but the walls are thin. Yeah. So it's expanding. And the man box is strong right now.
0: Got it. Yeah. The the last thing I want to say before we go get our babe is that I thought this was interesting. You said you said last night and I was really surprised that this is such a current book that they are even talking about the pandemic in the book. So it's like this is epically current. Yeah.
1: Men compared to women, at least, have been more susceptible to get COVID because they're feeling the pressure of, you know, wearing a mask makes you feel, makes you seem vulnerable and, or getting vaccinated makes you seem vulnerable. You got to be strong. And so men are just more likely to have gotten sick. And literally this, this man box is is killing is killing killing men you know and then we can get all into suicide suicide rates rates and depression and and uh at happiness levels are much lower in men than they are in in other aspects of the population you know there's there's some statistics and data to back it up
0: yeah yeah wow what a great conversation
1: yeah thank you babe thanks Mm -hmm. for having it i mean i i like the fact that you know we're both we're battling with this one, right? We're both acknowledging the the fact that, you know, women and, and, and girls, like, still aren't equal in our society, you know? And the fact that there also needs to be some added emphasis on boys right now because they are also being left behind. Maybe, I mean, well, that's a just, difficult thing just, to rumble with.
0: Let's just say, it, not added emphasis, but let's just call it, like, attention to... Growing and shaping our boys into men that live outside of the walls of the yes. man box, yes, and outside of the patriarchal the walls that the patriarchy sets up for them, and developing sus- so instead of emphasis on them because again they are still getting a lot of attention and like just like handed power handed down, yep,
1: yeah. and 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 yes, I I appreciate that, and also helping to develop a a, a public conversation and societal support for efforts that work to dismantle the man box because when those efforts go public, they are attacked. And so we need to build the community who's being vocal for support of that.
0: All right, folks, you heard it. You heard it here at the Reading Aloud podcast. Get on it. (laughs)
1: Love y'all.